power foods, ancient grains. And so, <laughs> ancient like, uh, and so Tim and I will just be in the grocery store and I'll be like, oh, bulgur. They have bulgur here? And he'll be like, what the fuck is bulgur? I'll be like, bulgur is an ancient grain? Um, Excuse you? It's a power food? Um, what the fuck is an yeah, ancient grain? I don't even fucking know. But in my head, like a very skinny blonde white woman is saying it. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> and then she's uh, asking me to um, join her team and uh, pay a small fee of $1,000 to join Do an you want to be your own girl boss? <laughs> Eat ancient <Join> our- grains. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Emmeline. I'm Tessa. I'm Victoria, and welcome to the podcast Shitface Facts, where three college best friends with a love for research and alcohol get together each week to teach you something new. I did that without the Instagram, and I didn't mess up. So, hey, you're you sound like somebody who has 25 episodes of a podcast. I dropped my monster condom that I use for (laughs) Magnum (laughs) Dong. Oh, we... uh, welcome to our season finale, twenty fifth, uh, eleven dollar and fifty cent spectacular. <laughs> We've done it. Can I talk about what I'm drinking? Please, yes. So, so I, as I, as I told my good friends Victoria and Emily today for for our season finale, I was like, we'll do something a little special. So I made a cocktail. I spent fifty dollars on cocktail stuff today. I made Whoa. I made an Aperol spritz. Is that how you say that? Aperol? Yes, it okay. is now. Thank God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know if that's how you say it. Anyway, somebody correct me. Um, it's it's the Aperol like liqueur and then Prosecco and some club soda. I Ooh. found the cheapest Prosecco that I could find, but the Aperol was like $35. Ooh, and that's it why it was 50 bucks and nobody Ooh. in the liquor store was wearing a mask and I was so uncomfortable. <laughs> God damn. But anyway, um, me at work. It's good. It's bubbly. It's is pretty sweet. There's a little bitterness at the end. It's it's Ooh. tasty. I'm not mad about it. Bye. I don't know if it's worth $50, but like, I like it. <laughs> You'll get a lot for the $50, I hope. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I am already one drink deep. Um, y'all don't know. Uh, I mean, y'all know, but like y'all don't know. I was. Uh, I did a. I did a quiz. I did a test for my online class right before this, and um, at the end, uh, my professor was like, "Hey, tell us how you did. Let us know. Like, what do you think you're going to change for next time?" And I like. I didn't say it, but probably next time I shouldn't drink while I'm taking the test. Um, <laughs> but that's my way of saying I'm drinking um, Bishop Cider Company's Tiger's Blood. Uh, which is a Ooh. cider that tastes like tiger's blood, like the snow cone. Like the snow. Wow. I haven't oh, thought about like, that snow cone in a long time. It's my favorite flavor. I don't know if I ever um, had a tiger's blood snow cone. I don't know what the actual so good. flavor it's is. Like, it's like coconutty and cinnamony. Um, I don't know. To me, it's huh. very cinnamony and like a little cherry y. Very good. What is, what is tiger's blood snow cone? 
A tiger's oh, blood is she just is foreign. A, she is foreign. Okay. <laughs> it's just a, like when you went up to the snow cone stand and they had their list of flavors on that list, inevitably somewhere it just said tiger's blood. And I never knew, I never knew what the flavor was. So I was like, no. Um, Yo, it's so good. Yeah, I never tried it. I always got like butterscotch snow cones. That's good too. Birthday it, cake snow cones. Mm. Oh, I love that. Mm. I love the wedding cake. Victoria, have yeah. you ever had a like a, not a, caramel apple but a candy apple one of the red ones yeah okay tiger's blood tastes like the candy on the candy apple oh yeah it's Hmm. it's good big fan yeah i knew a lot of people you know back in elementary school that really liked tiger's blood (laughs) it's not the obama from the daiquiri show oh my god God. it could never be uh the obama and the skittles the skittles the skittles one was so good it turned your tongue like 12 colors yeah i miss daiquiris (laughs) me too victoria was (laughs) drinking Um, well, today was been, today was a little stressful. I spent all morning, like you know, packing and doing you know shit that you do before you move across the country. Um, and then I had to go to work, and that was stressful. And so tonight, I'm just kicking it back with a Smirnoff sourced, made with real fruit juice, strawberry and kiwi beverage. Kicking it back. What? <laughs> that was a, those were a lot of words for kicking it back. <laughs> it's basic. It's just a Smirnoff ice, but it's like strawberry kiwi flavored. Um, I'm trying really hard to like it. It tastes okay, honestly. Mm. It was just leftover from this weekend. Um, we had a lot of family. Not a lot. We had like three members of our extended Brazilian family come over, Ooh, and we played cards, and it was fun. And they bought, my parents bought this for the 17 year old who was here. So I'm just drinking whatever's left. Uh, do they know what tiger's blood is? Probably not. Nah, oh, damn. They should find out. I don't Let think. Them know. Call, have them, them call me. Brazil? I'll explain it. Yeah. Are there? Okay. Yeah. I really don't remember. I don't think so. Oh, I ate cool. a lot of acai. Whoa. Um, what was the original yeah. question? Wow. I missed it. Uh, do, oh, it, do are the Brazilians? Oh yeah, that. Wait, say it again. Yeah. <laughs> are there snow cones in Brazil? Oh, okay, they... <laughs> I couldn't um, hear. <laughs> no, but there, there was this in this in the town I lived in. There was like a delivery uh, acai place, and so you would call them and you would order your like cup of acai with like granola, bananas, honey, you know the works, powdered okay. milk. Um, oh, yeah, 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 sprinkles, yeah. Uh, like Ooh. strawberry puree, like basically everything to not make it taste like acai. And then <laughs> a little little motorcycle driver would come deliver it to you. Aww. Yeah, that's not well, at all like snow cones, but... Did y'all know acai is a power fruit? It yes, sure indeed. Is. It I sure is. Shit. I, I consistently, you can leave this on. I don't give a shit. You can cut it. This is just me talking to the girls. Okay, so um, all the time because, like, I'm fat and I've been fat my whole life and I have a history of, like, very disordered eating, which, like, I recognize now and I'm okay. But 
um, because of this like history of disordered eating, I know a lot of the like bullshit like power foods, ancient grains. And so, <laughs> ancient like, <laughs> and so Tim and I will just be in the grocery store and I'll be like, oh, bulgur. They have bulgur here. And he'll be like, what the fuck is bulgur? And I'll be like, bulgur is an ancient grain. Um, excuse you. It's a power food. Um, what the fuck is an yeah, ancient grain? I don't even fucking know, but in my head, like a very skinny blonde white woman is saying it. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> and then she's uh, asking me to um, join her team and uh, pay a small fee of $1,000 to join Do you want to be your own girl boss? <laughs> Eat ancient <Join> our- grains. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Join our ancient grain pyramid. Oh, no. (laughs) Look at all this money I made from eating my skinny coffee with ancient grains. I eat my skinny coffee. Y'all, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's just, okay. Skinny, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is like, I don't know if this has been defined in the DSM as an eating disorder yet, but I feel like it's next. Like it's hot. It's up and coming. Um, inducing diarrhea. Um, um, yes. Yeah. Because that's like what that's skinny tea, skinny coffee, that's what all that is. Yeah. But also, sometimes, if I don't like myself, I eat a piece of bread. And it serves the same purpose. Um, it's not healthy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm getting help. But it feels really fucking good. <laughs> But sometimes is it just so that you can have like a like the, the feeling of a nice poop release? Yes, you know what yeah. I mean? it is. It's not because yeah, I'm gotta, like you got to cleanse sometimes, right? No, it's not because I'm like oh I don't like the way my jeans look. No, it's one thousand percent because like like for, I'm stressed and yes. I need some kind of release. Oh, exactly, <laughs> and it's because for like oh my god, what like twelve years of my life I didn't have a normal shit or whatever, and mm. so it. Y'all, it feels weird to not have diarrhea. There, I said it. It's being very You gotta get some normalcy back with your diarrhea. I know! I feel like my equilibrium's all thrown off. Oh my god. Um, The other day, the other day, uh, we ran out of oat milk creamer at home, and so I had to use half and half. Um, (laughs) She said (laughs) half and half. Literally one, one splash of half and half made me bed toilet ridden for three days three days i'm so glad i don't have these fucking issues oh my god God. i had consider yourself lucky i had soy sauce a couple weeks ago which has gluten in it (laughs) and i had diarrhea for almost two weeks Good God. I'm so glad I don't have these issues. I'm so oh sorry. Oh, God. I it's did. Okay. I like it. Okay. I, I did. Like Not yesterday. I liked it. Not yesterday, but the day before. You know that You know that Korean ramen that I bought that I told oh, y'all I love about? that. Yes. Yeah. It, okay, it tastes really good. It's so spicy. I, I think I did. Oh, like, the, yeah. the first time I ate it halfway through the bowl, I was, like, crying. <laughs> that no. is the really angry poop ghost. Yeah, yeah. No. And, like, Leo had some for dinner. I was like, please try the ramen. And he did. And he finished it. And he was like, that's almost, like, too spicy to be enjoyable. And, like, Leo can handle his spice, which, you know, makes me feel mm-hmm. better. Um, but, yeah, a couple days ago, I, I had it for lunch. And then... Uh, yeah, day before yesterday, I had it for lunch. It didn't come out until this morning, and that burned my butthole. Oh. 
And I didn't even realize that's what it was until I was, like, done. And I was like, ow. (laughs) 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 Okay. I, Tim made me promise I would tell my doctor about this. On a few occasions, if I eat gluten um, and then I, like, eat something soon after, I don't look at my poop. But you know how sometimes you, like, turn around (laughs) to flush and you're like, maybe I should just see if everything's normal. On a few occasions in my life, I have seen undigested food, not like Mm. corn, not like corn, Mm. like spinach leaves. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, that's another thing. (laughs) Yeah, um, I promised Tim I would tell my doctor. Um. All right. Yeah. It is All right. Time. <laughs> All right, let's go. It is the time of our Lord 9:55 p.m. <laughs> Y'all ready to get started? Fuck yeah. Yes. Okay. Today I have prepared for you a story um about gay blade and the caper in the Castro. What? Um, like yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah, Beyblade, yeah. but make it make it okay. fast. What's Tiger's uh, yes. blood? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I used Wikipedia, PCGamesN.com, Netflix DocuSeries, High Score, and LGBTQ video games archive. Okay, here oh, we go. A, it's a gaming thing. Okay. Go oh. On. Is it a gaming thing? Here we go. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta get myself like hyped. Do it. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. All right. Originally a game called Citadel of the Dead that flopped. Mm. I thought I that flopped was part Ooh. of the title. For <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Uh, it's getting hard to read. Okay. Gayblade. <laughs> <laughs> As in Beyblades Let It Rip. Gayblade. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm on board. Was, okay. Was I have a story later for to tell you guys. Okay. Gayblade was renamed and re-released in 1992 in San Francisco from Citadel of the Dead to, yes, Gayblade. Okay. Gayblade, <laughs> surprisingly, was a gay and lesbian adaptation of the popular role-playing tabletop Dungeons and Dragons. Oh. And in case you were um. wondering... <laughs> It was named after the 1981 Zorro movie of the same name. There's a Zorro movie called There's Gay a Blade? Zorro movie called Gay Blade. I'm learning so many things. <laughs> oh, my God. I love how it's, it's resembling literally everything except for Beyblade. <laughs> I thought you were going to say from, like, instead of Dungeons and Dragons, I thought you were going to say Beyblade, and then you didn't. <laughs> also... <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons can be very gay. That's what I was like. Can it not? (laughs) Yeah. Why did you do a different thing? Just make Dungeons and Dragons gay if you want to. At the time, there were a lot of computer games that were coming out that were kind of in this like dungeon crawler style, Mm -hmm. and they were all based Mm -hmm. on Dungeons and Dragons. And they had there were like a certain number of choices you can make within the game, and so it's in that vein. So it's not. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I think I'm getting confused as to what you. So it's a gay blade is a computer game. Not a tabletop. Yes. Did okay. I not say that? Okay. No, sorry. I think I got it, it is on the computer. Yeah. Yes. It is on the computer, and it is a computer adaptation of the 
game Dungeons of the of Dungeons and Dragons. Got it, got it, got it. Sorry, I mm-hmm. um okay. So when I wrote these notes, I wrote the second part first, and then I wrote went back and wrote the first part. And so in my head, I was like, I've already established this is a computer game. I did not. All right, cool. This is a computer <laughs> game. Um, and not only is it a computer game, it is a computer game developed by Ryan Best. Um, Gayblade quote takes players into an ancient and dark dungeon on a terrifying quest to rescue Empress Nelda from the disgusting right-wing creatures inhabiting the dungeon. Fortunately, (laughs) fortunately, the rescue party is made up of heroic drag queens, queers, lesbians, and others who will stop at nothing to get their beloved Empress back to the luxurious gay keep. But can, can they succeed when so many others have failed before them? Oh, no. This sounds yeah. like a season of RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Of course. <laughs> Much like D&D, the player starts the game by rolling dice to create a team of characters. So you roll for your stats and all that. Of course. Uh, armor in the game includes condoms and tiaras. <laughs> and <laughs> weapons include press on nails and blow dryers. Good. There you go. Yep. Uh, you can do so a lot of damage blow with the blow dryer. <laughs> you can. Those they get hot. Uh, throughout the game, players fight conservatives and cops. A cap in the game, <laughs> and the final Period. boss was. Yep. Conservative evangelical political commentator Pat fucking Buchanan. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, he's the final boss. Uh, you fight him. He's like at a podium with like a little money sign on it. It's Good. real. Uh, <laughs> when the game was released, it actually received a lot of press coverage from the Village Voice and Howard Stern to uh, journalists in Germany. Ryan Best said that he was getting interview requests constantly. It may not be surprising to you that the game was accused of promoting the sick homosexual agenda. No way. Uh, oh, oh, my man. God. Not that. Anything but not that. Not anything but that. <laughs> uh, how I came to know about it was Gayblade was covered in the Netflix docuseries High Score. And at the time of the production of this docuseries, it was reported that no more copies of the game were left in existence. Sorry. Fresh out. No more. Uh, but during post-production, <laughs> the gay... Oh, God, no. I went to the end. How did I do this? No. <laughs> oh, okay. During post-production, the Gay Museum of Germany, which is real, is called the <laughs> Schwulis Sh- 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 Museum. <laughs> I love the Schwulis. I'm trying to decide if it's Schwulis or Schwulis. It doesn't matter. It's in Berlin. And they reached out to the production team because guess what? They had a copy of Gay Blade. <gasps> Yay. The, <laughs> the producers, the Gay Museum, and Ryan Best worked with the LGBTQ Video Game Archive, the Strong National Museum of Play, and the Internet Archive uh, to make sure that everyone was able to preserve the copy of this game, but also turn it into a downloadable emulator game. Yes, yes. And I went mm-hmm. to the Internet Archive. You can go there and you can play it. Um, yeah. How was it? Um, so I didn't play that one. I did play oh. the next one a little bit. And it's about what you'd expect from a game made in the late 20th century. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> mm, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it's very slow. Like... A lot slower than I was expecting. Um, so, okay, my story about this is Tim and I were watching, my boyfriend, 
and I were watching High Score, uh, which is the docuseries about this. And when they introduced the game, it was like a big reveal. It was like, Gay Blade. And so I went naturally, <laughs> let it rip. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no of response. Course. Silence. Silence in the peanut gallery. Okay. So. <laughs> Dump him. Damn it. Well, hold on. Hold on. So <laughs> later, as we're like watching and they're going through this, this talking about this game, they say gay blade again. And Tim goes, let it rip. No. And I look at him and I go, Tim, on. <laughs> I made that joke at the beginning of the episode. And completely straight-faced, he turns to me and he goes, you know, you're really funny, and I don't give you enough credit for that. (laughs) (laughs) Damn straight. Yeah, you're right, you're right. All right, all right. Speaking of high score, high score reported that Gay Blade was the first LGBTQ computer game ever released, but as as is commonly the case, they forgot about the lesbians. Oh, yes, no. ladies. <laughs> I'm gonna take you to the game Caper in the Castro, which is widely considered to be the first, or I guess not widely considered, but it is the first LGBTQ video game. Period. It was a point-and-click murder mystery video game that oh, ran on yeah. Mac OS. Yeah, <gasps> it was play. released. It was released to. Let me see if y'all remember this. A floppy disk. In oh, 1989. Yeah. What, yeah. What, what's a floppy? Oh. Um, what's this? Th- my, my side part is coming in. Oh, no. <laughs> Literally, I'm wearing skinny jeans. Ah. <laughs> oh, fuck. A freaking zillennial. All right. Oh, well. <laughs> As you may have gleaned from the title... The game takes place in the Castro in San Francisco, which is a prominent gay neighborhood. Um, And also, developer C.M. Ralph's new home after moving there from Southern California to the more gay-friendly Bay Area. In the game, y'all get ready for this. In the game, (laughs) you play as a lesbian detective named Tracker McDyke. Oh, hell yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, they said, fuck it. Searching for her friend, Tessie LaFemme. Hello. After she goes missing from the Castro. (laughs) All right, some controversy. In 2014, it was reported that C.M. Ralph said in an interview that Tessie LaFemme (laughs) was a trans woman, but... C.M. Ralph has since recanted after seeing the script of the game again and confirming that Tessie was, in fact, a drag queen after, in the script, it says Tessie was a drag queen. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think, so, like, I think, listen, as the resident gay expert, gay expert, if you will, I... I will. Thank you. Um, My understanding is in, like, the, in, like, the 80s, and before then, like, trans people existed, but we didn't necessarily in, like, white English-speaking American culture have the vocabulary to describe the trans experience. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of trans women identified as drag queens and a lot of trans men identified as drag kings because, like, that was the closest thing we had in that culture at the time. Um, but so who's to say? Um, who's to say? Who's to say? You know, just because it was written in 1980-something that Tessie was a drag queen 
I mean, you know, we didn't have that language. Who knows? If mm-hmm. CM Ralph says Tessie was a trans woman, I don't know. I, I'm I'm inclined to say Tessie was a trans woman. All right. So, CM Ralph, the developer, said that when they were developing the game, they wanted to honor their friends in Southern California who died of AIDS. And in the game, there is a subplot about a bacterial infection that is being released on the gay community through drinks at bars. Wow. Yeah. Um, Ralph said in an interview that they lost 90% of their friends in Southern California to AIDS. Man. So, yeah. I think, like, especially for a lot of the younger gay community, like, we are so far removed from the AIDS epidemic that it's it's really difficult to know what, to know firsthand what an impact it had on our community. Yeah. Um, but so, so, so many people died as a result of the negligence of our government. Indeed. So, mm. yeah. All right. Moving on, though. Um, <laughs> Ralph rebranded the game and re-released it that same year under the name Murder on Main Street so that it was more palatable to the market. Oof. Ralph described going through the code card by card. I don't know what the fuck that means. I'm 24. Um, I don't know what card by card means. I Like line by line, like code by or code. Like I get that. By, like it's like the storyboard thing. And, and so it's kind of like a frame and a storyboard. Oh, maybe that that make maybe that makes sense. But Ralph described going through it card by card and quote straightening it out or taking out any gay references Boo. at all. Yeah, Tessie Lafemme becomes like a supermodel, and uh, the what, McDyke becomes like some man. Uh, so yeah, it becomes of like course. super super fucking hetero. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, uh, just like. The other game, Gayblade, let it rip. The game was thought to be lost, <laughs> but in 2017, Ralph ended up finding a floppy disk while moving, and the game has since been preserved by the Schwulis Museum. Schwulis Museum. Schwulis Museum. And the Internet Archive. And the Internet Archive, where you can play it for free. I wrote where you can supposedly play it for free. But then I went after I published this as a PDF, and I went and I played it online, and it was just okay. (laughs) (laughs) But it was free. so much made. But it was free. Yeah, free. Go to the Internet Archive, search Caper in the Castro. Caper in the Castro. Yeah, Caper in the Castro. Yep. And you can play it on an emulator it's if you listen it's a part of history i think we need to honor it for what it is it's okay <laughs> that's all period like that sometimes that's all she for wrote a game made in the early 20th century it's yeah okay. It's, it's okay <laughs> that's wild it's amazing that we went from caper in the castro to skyrim and like <laughs> Less than thirty years. Yes, yes of course. Like, damn. And Skyrim is a direct descendant. Yeah, Caper and the Castro. Yeah, you can you can trace uh, Skyrim back to Caper and the Castro. There's like four degrees of separation, maybe. Oh, maybe, maybe. Less. maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think you're being generous enough, Tessa. <laughs> I don't know. I, am I trust done. it. I trust it. Wow. <laughs> I am closing my notes. I will now take questions. (laughs) I don't don't know if I... I don't know if I No, no questions. I lied. Fuck off with your questions. Y'all, I'm like... I'm not fun drunk. 
You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm drunk, but it's not fun. Does that mean like not yet or like you're past fun drunk? I like to think I'm getting there. Or is it just the vibe today? You know what I mean? Maybe it's just the vibe. Maybe. Maybe it's just this weird season finale vibe. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's sad. Y'all ready for this? I'm so freaking ready. Okay. So I'm again going to do, you you know my shit, but you know my shit. Um, I'm going to do a big reveal type thing. So my sources (laughs) um, were history.com, the Boston Globe, uh, the uh, Wikipedia. Oh, my God. Am I okay? And the Smithsonian Magazine. Um, I I wrote down a quote to start off with. I don't remember which source it's from. It's either the Boston Globe or the Smithsonian Magazine. I think it was Boston Globe. Um, This is the quality of research we've come to expect from this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yes. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Boston Globe. So, so the Boston Globe described this event as um, uh, it was like a perfect, if bizarre terrifying and very sticky storm oh no so <laughs> imagine it we're we're in 1919 okay so far we got okay. the right to vote white white women got the right to vote <laughs> Period. Um, let, me, let me correct myself all right this is not about that at all but that did happen 1919 white women got the right to vote and also <laughs> the um the u.s industrial alcohol or as an organization took regular shipments of molasses from the uh, Caribbean, took it to, uh, yeah, shipped it to Boston uh, to produce alcohol for liquor and also munitions manufacturing because apparently if you distill... There's no way this could go wrong! I don't know! If you you distill molasses down to alcohol and then there's something that you can use for weapons. I didn't look super far into that because I was like, Mm, That's so fucked up! Right? Yeah, but also liquor! Um, (laughs) So molasses is the main point here, right? Okay, so... So in 1915, to go back a little bit, in 1915, they built a molasses tank uh, when World War I increased the demand for both liquor and also munitions. Um, and they, for this tank, they kind of rushed the construction process. Um, there, it, it wasn't very thick the tank and the rivet design was kind of wonky, but they were like, we just got to get it done for all this molasses. We got to get the molasses. Oh, not the capitalism. Not the rivet design. <laughs> the rivet. <laughs> the rivet. Anything but the rivet design. So, so yeah, so they have this container with a shit ton of molasses in it. It's in Boston. And after a while, it starts like groaning. The metal starts to groan. It starts to peel. Um, it would Ew. often leak molasses into the street. Oh, God, no. Yeah. I wonder if there were any kids that grew up and that were like, yeah, when I was a kid, I would walk around the streets of Boston and just <laughs> lick molasses off the street. <laughs> just get down on my hands and knees and start licking. And someday you gotta take a finger, you dip it in there, mm, tasty snack. Slurp, um, slurp. <laughs> slurp. <laughs> Slurp, 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 indeed. Oh my god. Uh, so yeah, and then um, uh, the the 
container was in a facility that was near Commercial Street in Boston. Families living on Commercial Street, like, got used to hearing, like, rumbles and creaks and shit from from the tank. Um, Oh, God. It was never ghosts. It could not have been ghosts. It's just the molasses tank. Um, so, so now that you have this context, imagine it. It's uh, January 15th, 1919. You're, you're doing whatever the fuck your job is. You're on lunch. If you're a white woman, you can vote. If you're a white woman, you can <laughs> vote. You're probably eating lunch right now. You're eating lunch. We're in Boston. We're on Commercial Street. Um, and then at approximately 1240 p.m., <laughs> There's a big metallic roar, and then 2.3 million gallons of molasses are racing down the fucking street. Oh, no. (laughs) That's right. That's right, ladies. It's the Great Molasses Flood of 1919. (laughs) You've heard of the Dust Bowl. Get ready for (laughs) the Molasses Flood. (laughs) I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna reiterate this. Okay. I'm. I'm okay. Okay. Listen. To reiterate, two point three million gallons <laughs> of molasses, twelve thousand tons of oh molasses. There oh was God. a fifteen foot wave of molasses. Oh my God, bro. That's like. Me, two me's and a half stacked on top of each other. <laughs> Tessa. Racing. Tessa. Racing down the streets of Boston at no. 35 miles per hour. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. That is too fast for molasses. Oh, my God. Tessa, how many drops of water is this? I would say that one drop of molasses is like a drop and a half of water. Oh my god, so, no, it's so much it's fucking water. Thick water. <laughs> so that's, that's a guesstimate. It's a, hypo- a hypothesis. It, right, right, right. I gotcha. It's not it's not exact, but the ratio is an estimate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I just oh, that's too fa- You know how people say like slow as molasses? That kind of thing. You can't say that anymore because sometimes molasses moves at 35 fucking miles per hour. And if you're not sprinting at 35 miles an hour. Oh, my God. Imagine imagine if it was something that was, like, actually fast at moving. Oh, my God. Like, molasses is slow and it was still going at 35 miles an hour. So imagine if it was just, like, water or, like, I don't know. To like, be honest, something water. less viscous than water. <laughs> right. To 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 be honest, uh, if it were water, it probably would have done less damage than it did. Oh, yeah, because no. molasses is thick. It's, it's thick. Heavy. Thick. So I'm gonna tell you about the damage. Some of this is quite devastating. As as <laughs> kind of funny it is to think of think about a 15 foot wave of molasses <laughs> moving at 35 miles an hour. Right. So okay. So yeah. Um, it's going down the streets of Boston, like, people, horses, buildings, electrical poles, goodbye. Um, those poor horses and people. Oh, my God, Um, no. And people. (laughs) There was even, um, some solid steel supports of an elevated train platform that snapped under the weight of the molasses. Oh, my God. 
And then, of, of course, unfortunately, people did die during this No! Flood. Oh, my God. Um, some of them died by suffocation from the molasses. Oh, um, my God. Terrifying. There was one person that was struck by a railroad car that the molasses was, like, carrying. Um, oh, my God. And, like, you can't see that shit either. Like, yeah. It's just oh, dark. Dork. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was one person who got flung into a light post in the flood. Oh, wow. Um, there was one man, one man <laughs> named... A lonely man. lonely <laughs> man. Uh, named Martin Cloherty. Um, that's a guess as to how to say his name. But anyway, um, he, he survived. This is a good one. But he, he was asleep on, like, the third floor of his house. He was asleep. Uh. <laughs> it's this says he woke up in several feet of molasses. Now oh, my my question my about that is how did you sleep through any number of feet of molasses Benadryl covering <laughs> oh <laughs> just have popping bennies pop just popping bennies. Um yeah. <laughs> he nearly drowned but he uh he saw his bed frame like floating and so he climbed up on his bed frame. And made it out. Whoa. Whoa. And, like, saved his sister or something like that. Um, oh, my God. Imagine being so- – if, like, listen, if you have a relative who died in the Great Molasses Flood, we want to hear from you. <laughs> yes, tell me. Do you have any – If you or a loved one have been <laughs> affected by the Great Molasses Flood. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. So so the official numbers after they they – gathered all the injured and counted all the dead um there were 21 deaths um from the flood and there were as as for people who were injured non-lethally there were 150 people that were injured oh feels like a lot um yeah and then like as fast as it came it fucking went away and just left a half mile of wreckage just everywhere. Ugh. I couldn't find anything as to how long it lasted. Um, but I know they felt fa- because like, I don't know if it was just that one day or if it went over a couple of days because I saw something that said um, they were finding bodies like four days after the tank burst. Holy Jeez. shit. Uh, yeah. Ugh. Um. So, yeah, and then police and firefighters showed up really quickly. Uh, there were also, like, over 100 sailors from the USS Nantucket. Um, mm. Yeah, it, it, it got hard, really hard for them to help because when, when the tank burst, um, it, it, uh, it was in January, so it was winter, but uh, it was kind of a warmer winter. It was, like, 40 degrees, and so uh, the molasses was able to flow more, but then it got colder when when oh, the house showed no. up. Oh, and no. so it started to like harden and they were having a hard time getting through it. Um, they had to, mm, this is very sad. They had to, they would find horses that were trapped in the molasses and they had to shoot them. Oh my God. Yeah. Don't like it. Um, so oh. Yeah, so the aftermath of this, um, a bunch of victims filed a total of 119 lawsuits against the uh, U.S. Industrial Alcohol Organization. Um, 
the USIA, as I will refer to that organization from from now forward, the USIA held that like it had to have been sabotage. It wasn't. Oh my god, no. Oh, shut up. Oh my god. God, shrimp tails in your cinnamon toast crunch? (laughs) No. So yeah, and they had this like evidence that like they had been, there had been um, allegedly, I didn't do a whole lot of reading into this, so it may have been them like, you know, those Italian people are terrorists, right? But uh, they, of course. they did say that there was, there had been some terrorist activity lately that uh, was being done by Italian anarchist groups. Is that really true? Man, I'm if not only. Sure. Um, and then the USIA had received a threat over the phone from somebody saying, like, I'm going to come blow up your tank. And I don't know what anyone has again. Well, I guess it's the munitions thing. I don't know. But <laughs> but I just want to, you shouldn't have any molasses. I'm going to blow it up. So, hmm. yeah, the USIA alleged that the tank was blown up intentionally by, quote, evilly disposed persons. Oh, my God. (laughs) This legal proceeding went on for five years. Uh, Yeah, okay, that checks out. That sounds about right. There were (laughs) 1,500 exhibits, um, and a 1,000 witnesses came forward, including explosive experts, flood survivors, and USIA employees. Oh, my God. Um, And then, finally, in April of 1925... They did rule that USIA was to blame. Wow. I'm honestly kind of surprised. I, I was expecting wow. this to go the other way. Yeah, yeah I'm long glad. And then USIA mm-hmm. paid the victims um, $628,000 in damages, which today, and the article had been updated in 2020, so I'm assuming that this this equivalent is like more accurate to now. Um it would be about $8 million today. Whoa! Yeah. Can you imagine, Whoa. like, meeting some fucking rich kid at Princeton, and they're like, oh, <laughs> uh, like, how did your family get rich? Oh, I'm from the Kleenex family. What about you? Oh, Tyson Chicken. What about you? Oh, a settlement from the molasses flood of 1919. <laughs> like, Jesus that Christ, they've got old molasses money. Amazing old molasses money, but not from selling molasses. No, no, no. Because their no. father almost died. Um, <laughs> oh my god, it's good. Yeah, but then um, by the time this ruling happened, Boston had all, like already recovered from the from the flood, um, which is great. And also the victims get money. So yeah, that's yeah. that's that's the story. There are a couple of aftermath things. I I read. This was in the Smithsonian Magazine. Um, Whoever wrote the article uh, was like, yeah, I was walking around Boston with my friend, and I looked at my friend and said, why does Boston smell like molasses? And I was like, there's there's no fucking way it still smells like molasses. Who are you? Um, (coughs) Is that why Paris smells like pee? The great pea flood. flood. (laughs) Fifteen foot tall wave of pea. (laughs) Traveling at fifty miles an hour. (laughs) Oh my god. Um yeah, and then somebody named 
Francine Pellegrino found the story of this flood so compelling that she spent 20 years writing a musical about it. Nuh-uh. Called, yeah, called Molasses in January. Oh. <laughs> I have not listened oh. to it yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, apparently it got, it got like a small run like off-Broadway. And it's the next <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> just say it now. Um, <laughs> and apparently they were like, yeah, it was just difficult with a small space to really capture the flood. And I was like, mm, crazy. <laughs> that would be the case. <laughs> Can y'all imagine fucking workshopping molasses in winter? A little bit. In January. <laughs> Can you imagine workshopping that piece? Ugh. Amazing. Mm. Uh, yeah, and apparently <laughs> they said that uh, they would like, they were like, yeah, um, the the people on stage would scream and then there would be a blackout and when the lights came back up, they were all laying down and that's how we did the flood. And I was like, Pfft. oh my God. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so yeah, and then apparently Comedy Central's Drunk History did like a mockumentary on the molasses flood because like, look, when you hear the words the great molasses flood of 1919 it sounds pretty pretty ridiculous and kind of funny <laughs> it was pretty devastating but also <laughs> molasses um yeah <laughs> and then there are i'm pretty sure still like there's like historical trails in boston that's like this was the half a mile that was affected okay i um, want to go i kind of do too <laughs> I want to. I want to sniff the ground for that. <laughs> this hardened. They like. They like fence off like a, a piece of hardened molasses that didn't go away. <laughs> like this is the molasses still recover. Like that re- was recovered from the great molasses flood of 1919. We have so to like contain it. Accent. Yeah, we have to we contain it rebuild. very specifically <laughs> because it melts sometimes. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's that's like all of the aftermath, and and that's that's the Great Molasses Flood of nineteen nineteen. Wow, I never heard of that. Like me neither. Ever found it? Damn, it was it's fun (laughs) to look up shit about. There's more information on it than I thought there was. (laughs) There's there's quite a bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sorry guys. I, For- sorry, guys. I'm looking at stuffed animals on Amazon. Good. <laughs> but I'm an adult and I don't know what I'd do with them. Mm-hmm. Decoration. Display. Yes. Or yes. Get cuddle. Di- get a- yes. I want to cuddle them so badly. <laughs> but they're, they're so tiny. The triforce of, of owning sta- stuffed animals as an adult. Decoration, display, and cuddle. Uh, <laughs> that's it. Decoration, display, to cuddle. Decoration, cuddle. <laughs> All right, Victoria, for- will you tell me a story? Yes. Now it's- for okay, something thank you. completely different. Um, so my okay. sources are Wikipedia, Business Insider, and... A YouTube channel I found called Found and Explained. Okay, so imagine Do you're it. on a long, you're on a long, long haul flight, and you're sitting in coach. 
It's very mm-hmm. cramped. <clears throat> the person next to you smells. You're in a middle seat. And um, there's a baby screaming. And you're like, gee. This is a bad flight. This is a <laughs> terrible flight. It's your first time flying this long. You have to throw up every hour. Mm. <laughs> you think oh, to yourself, don't do it. <laughs> you, you think to yourself, gee, what would make this flight a little more tolerable? I know some big booby waitresses. Yes, ladies. Today <laughs> I'm talking about. Hooters Air, the airline <gasps> by the Hooters franchise. No! <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Holy shit. You're probably wondering to yourself, I didn't know Hooters had a hairline. Hairline? An airline? <laughs> no, they don't. The owner of Hooters most likely does not have a hairline. That's okay. Um, but yes. So Hooters Air... Was the official name of the airline um, was uh, an airline, as I've mentioned, here headquartered in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Okay. It was operated Yay. by it was operated by Pace Airlines, um, okay. and they were founded in 2003, and they ceased operations in 2006. Dang it! So three oh, three man. crazy years. <laughs> So here's a little, a brief little history on Hooters. Um, Hooters, if you don't know, is a restaurant chain that sells like wings. Excuse and, you, like, an experience chain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michael. Yeah, Let me start over. Hooters is an experience. Um, it's a restaurant that sells like wings and like hamburgers and like you know American food. Go to Hooters for are the Hooters girls or the waitresses that wear like white tank tops and like really short orange shorts, and um, yes, yeah, they got they got big boobs. They got big old. They got, they big got big boobs. Big old <laughs> Somebody told me a long time ago that. Um, I don't know if this was ever true, but somebody told me a long time ago that to be a waitress at Hooters, part of, like, the thing was that you had to walk up to a wall, and if your boobs were the first thing to touch a wall, then your boobs were, like, big enough to get hired at Hooters. Sounds right. <laughs> my my ass is too fat to work at Hooters. They would um. never. <laughs> okay, listen, y'all ever... Okay. I, I Hooters waitresses, they're working. This is their job. I'm sure they make good tips. Have you ever seen a Hooters waitress, met a Hooters waitress with a butt? I've been to Hooters like point. twice in my whole life. I've been I to really Hooters like probably at least 12 times. I I've don't ask why. I've been there once only for a cup of water. <laughs> Wow, Victoria, why do you hate women? <laughs> no. Wow. I was at a I was at a concert and I got to the venue and it was really I was like way before the doors were opening and I was thirsty and the closest restaurant was a Hooters. So I went inside and I was like, Can I just get a cup of water, please? Um Listen, yeah. y'all, I, I I don't wanna say it, but those wings though. They're pretty good. <laughs> I couldn't sure tell they you. are. I I trust you, yeah. Yeah. I believe you, Emmeline. I trust your taste. Thank you. Wings. They're pretty good. I, I love wings. 
Even if you were vegetarian for a little while, we forget about that. <laughs> oh my god, I did too. <laughs> um, but anyway, Hooters was founded by six businessmen, Barf, um, in 1983 <laughs> in Clearwater, that. Florida. And a man, a very rich man by the name of Robert Brooks, saw potential in the company and bought it outright. He said, "Wait, is this mine. Robert Brooks of the Brooks Brothers, of the Brooks Brothers I, riots?" I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm googling it. I don't think it's this guy. I doubt it, because this man died in like 2006. So I don't know when the Brooks Brothers riot was. Uh, this guy may have been the founder of Naturally Fresh Incorporated that made dressing sauces, marinades, dips, oils, and vinegars. Period. Period. You know, right, the ones mind. that they, they sell at every Hooters franchise. Oh my god, you guys. He was a Methodist. Of course. Hey. Oh, yeah, this is no, the guy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> alright, 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 alright. Right. Sorry, you were saying before I rudely interrupted. Yes, that guy. Um, anyway, he bought out he bought out Hooters, and um, the restaurant was really really popular. It was gaining a lot of popularity in like the eighties, nineties, and early two thousands, and they were making that coin, right? You know, <laughs> selling wings yes. and yeah. So and an experience. So uh, Robert Brooks wanted to buy an airline because he had a vision of Hooters having, like, an airline. All right. No. So he bought Pace Airlines, which was founded in 1996 and was advertised as a new luxury carrier. Um, Brooks initially wanted to... (laughs) Yeah, so um, he initially wanted to buy Vanguard Airlines based in Kansas City, but his offer was rejected because he didn't offer enough money. But they're out of business now, so... (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) Um, So, Robert Brooks bought Pace Airlines and uh, operations began for Hooters Air on March 6, 2003. So he initially envisioned Hooters Air to be an unconventional means of generating awareness for the Hooters restaurant brand. Basically a flying billboard. Um, Because if you Google Hooters Air and you look at the airplane, it is literally the Hooters logo with like the owl on it. And it's very large. Like, you know how like American Airlines has like the it's like a, a decent sized logo on the plane, but no, this bitch just said Hooters. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Hooters, period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Hooters Air sought to differentiate themselves from other airlines by their stewardesses. You probably okay, see where this course, is going. Yeah. Yes. Um,. So each flight would have two Hooters waitresses wearing the typical Hooters attire, but they also had three FAA-trained flight attendants, like actual flight attendants, who are trained to be flight attendants. (laughs) Um, And so the difference between the Hooters girls and the flight attendants, the flight attendants would wear, like, actual, like, suit dresses, like, knee-length suit dresses, you know. 
Right. Yeah, like a flight like, attendant uniform. Like typical flight attendants. Um, and they would be the ones who would actually serve food and drinks to the passengers. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Hooters girls would get up and, like, ask trivia questions and play games with the passengers and, like, basic... There was, like, the entertainment, because, like, I guess they, they were there to make afford, it like, a the, party. Yeah. They couldn't afford, like, the little TVs on the back of each seat, so, you know. <laughs> 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 Um, so the carrier was marketed towards golfers in an effort to bring casual and tournament players to Myrtle Beach's 100-plus championship golf courses. It's apparently Myrtle Beach is uh, known for golf, I guess. Sure. That's me, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I feel like rich Um, people go there. Golf is expensive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's a a rich man's sport. Um, but I like the idea of... (laughs) An airline being only for, like, men who golf. <laughs> like, an entire airline. How do you prove that you golf? <laughs> yes. Bring your clubs with you. Show yeah. me your calluses. <laughs> your caddy. Um, bring him you- to. <laughs> you have to drive onto the plane in a golf cart. <laughs> Um, so with all these golf golfers on the flight, you would think like, oh, there's like so much harassment going on that usually happens at Hooters Rush. I wouldn't know. I don't, I never been to a Hooters and like actually sat down and dined. I don't know how much harassment actually goes on in like a Hooters restaurant, but former flight attendants would say that most of the guests, if not all of them were surprisingly very respectful. Oh, Oh, wow. That's yeah. surprising. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> sure is. Uh, sorry, I'm too drunk to think. Um, Me too. Oh my god, what yeah. happened? <laughs> Y'all good. God, where did the day go? <laughs> okay. Um, so, Hooters Air advertised themselves as a low fare carrier, like you know Southwest and Spirit Airlines. You know those. Um, and offered okay. nonstop flights to over. 15 destinations oh in the United God. States. Wow. <laughs> 15. All, all 15 of them. <laughs> Nonstop <laughs> from Miami to Daytona Beach. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they flew strictly in the United States. Um, and they also had a flight to the Bahamas. You know, Whoa. that's where dolphins like to go. Yeah. So, um... They charged a flat rate of one twenty nine per seat. That's one hundred and twenty nine dollars, not a dollar twenty nine. Wait for any flight. Shit. Yeah, for any flight. Oh my god. Okay. My they my flight um, Hooters Airlines. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> oh. So and their fleet consisted of two Boeing seven three seven two hundreds. Four Boeing 737 300s and one Boeing 757 200. Oh my god. Crazy. I don't right? know. How do they keep yeah. up with the inventory? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what any of those look like off the top of my head, but hey. You know, me neither. All I know is that, like, the lower the number in between the sevens. Um, of any Boeing flight, the bigger the plane is. So, like, the Whoa. 737 is bigger than the 757. You know, you learn something new every day. Yeah. Cool. 
Sorry, I'm foreign, so I know these things. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. So, Hooters Air also advertised non-stop flights for, um, most of these already said that, but um, they included funny, funny slogans in their advertisements like, Fly a mile high with us. No. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. That's dangerous. You have to fly way higher than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, despite their low prices and being a low fare carrier, they still wanted to give the luxurious experience that an airline normally wouldn't give to golfers because they okay. they golf so much they work so hard on the <laughs> golf course yeah um, that yes so they removed like several rows of sleep of seats in their um aircrafts to provide a 34 inch pitch between each seat the pitch is the distance between the oh seats. my god so okay. that's 34 inches of leg room um, which is inches comparable to the leg room of like a business class um, section of a plane. Okay. And they they only had one class per flight, and it was called club class seating. Oh my god, no! Yeah. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> oh, I can't join the club, baby. Eat club class. Drink club class, relax. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> Did your best. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, the seats were all upholstered with dark blue or black leather, um, and Whoa. like I said, like all the planes were painted with the Hooters orange and white company colors with the company logo. The mascot Hootie the Owl oh, yeah. on the vertical stabilizer. <laughs> um, so I'll. At this time, a lot of low-cost carriers, like a lot of low-budget flights, were eliminating in-flight frills to um, cut back on expenses. So Hooters Air was different because they made it more frilly, and they would serve complimentary meals to all the customers on trips lasting over an hour. Um, it wasn't the food that they served at the restaurants. It was like airline oh, man. Food. But still. Oh. Airline Hey, food. what's the deal with airline food? Hey. <laughs> you ever um, heard of Hooters Air? <laughs> <laughs> I th- I never knew what um, powdered wings would taste like. Now I <laughs> do. Thanks to Hooters Air. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that, what, is that what they eat in Brazil? Powdered no, milk, was- acai, and powdered wings? <laughs> I was trying to think of, like, like, um... You know those like dried apples that like astronauts eat, like the dried food that astronauts <gasps> like freeze dried. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Freeze dried. I was like freeze dried wings powder. <laughs> I couldn't think of the word freeze dried fast enough, so I said powder. Um, That's good. That's good. I like it. So Hooters Air was helpful for smaller airports to get more business, and it also brought a lot of tourism to Myrtle's. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, where the headquarters were. And so, like, Hooters Air was a pretty charitable venture in the eyes of some. And it was looking to be, like, something that would be very successful. So why did it flop after three years? Yeah. Why did it shut down? No explanation. Well, here are the explanations. Oh. So. Oh. Thank um, God. Hooters Air. 
was started when the airline industry was still recovering from the 9-11 attack, so people were really oh, afraid fun. of flying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That'll do it. Um, mm-hmm. And there was also growing competition from the low-fare airline scene, and airlines such as Southwest and JetBlue were really starting to, like, expand and, like, get big. Um... There was also an incident where there was a flight route from Rockford, Illinois to Denver and then Rockford, Illinois to Las Vegas that was being auctioned. And it was offered to Hooters Air, but it was also offered to a fellow tiny and obscure airline, United Airlines. And so guess who got it? (laughs) Yeah. um, And also jet fuel prices were trending upward. And because of all of this, Hooters Air simply couldn't support itself. Man. So Man. they ceased operations in 2006, and overall they lost about $40 million from the airline. Oh no, poor Hooter is a restaurant. Yeah. Still <laughs> getting a lot oh, of no, business. Oh no, they're struggling right so much. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and so Pace Airlines um, continued to operate for another three years, and then they shut down in 2009. Um, the Hooters owner Robert Brooks died in 2006 (gasps) just the same year that the airline shut down and the six businessmen (laughs) (laughs) the the six businessmen who started Hooters sued Brooks and claimed that he like stole the idea for their concept to make an airline for himself um, but, you know, this case never saw the light of day and it was dismissed. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, overall, Myrtle Beach remains really grateful for Hooters Air for bringing in tourism and it's still, rema- <laughs> and it's still like a, like a tourist-friendly town. Um, and like, and like Tessa said, Hooters is doing fine. Like, there, <laughs> there's still a lot of restaurants They're in the United okay. States around the world there's a Hooters casino in Las Vegas, you know, um, but I do know that they've been like shutting, they've been like closing a lot of their restaurants lately. And like the fad of like restaurants is kind of going out of style. That's what they're called. Yeah. I didn't know there was a name for that. (laughs) Oh my God. Damn. Um, but like, yeah, there was no financial crisis on Hooters because Hooters Air didn't succeed, so the end. <laughs> oh man, I love business. That's the just end of an era. Shit that does not work out, you know. Yes, they're like, taking chances. Trump University, Trump oh, Airlines, oh, Trump no. Casino, Trump Casino, <laughs> Trump Presidency. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> The worst business venture of them all. <laughs> I uh, I literally have not heard a single word from him at all, Good. and no, it kind of no. scares me. It kind well, he got terrifying. banned from Twitter. So what the fuck? Yep, is and he Facebook and fucking I don't know. everything else. Vimeo. I don't even know. <laughs> Grinder. Oh yeah, he yeah, that's real. They banned him way early. You know what I mean. Oh my god. <laughs> you wanna wrap this shit up? Let's Season wrap one, this shit baby. up. Yeah, Woo, there, there it is. Season. 
Eleven dollars and twenty three cents. <laughs> <laughs> like um, ten McChicken. I just I wanna I wanna get a little gushy for a moment. Oh my gosh. Thank you to everyone who listens every week. Even if you don't listen every week and you just listen every once in a while, thank you anyway. Yeah. Um, it means a lot to us. We thought we 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 started this podcast as kind of like a fun way to offset like COVID shit, but indeed. But um, it's it's because it's it's turned into something very entertaining for me at least. Um, yes. We hope so. it could offset COVID shit for you too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Anyway, thank you for tuning in to season one of Shitface Facts. If you want to keep up with us on social media, which probably not going to be a lot going on there um, for the next three weeks, you can follow us on Instagram at shtfacedfacts. And if you want to shoot us an email with drink recommendations, topic recommendations, um, you can email us at shtfacedfacts. Sorry, I had to burp. Let me start start that over. (laughs) And if you want to shoot us an email... Um, with any drink recommendations or um, topic recommendations, you can email us at shtfacedfacts at gmail.com. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, etc. Take it from here, Tessa. <laughs> if you want to leave us a voice message with any drink or topic recommendations as well, you can go to anchor.fm slash shtfacedfacts. That's shitfacedfacts with no I. Time. And remember, there's no I in team. <laughs> and there's no I in shit. Cancel culture. Cancel culture. your poop goes. We love you. <laughs> Woo! Hello, Wisconsin. <laughs>